0: welcome to another edition of From the Front Lines, how real estate managers are addressing COVID-19. Our topic today is HVAC operations. I'm here with Wade Conlin, PE, CXA, member of the ASHRAE Epidemic Task Force, and commissioning discipline manager for Hanson Professional Services, Inc. Welcome, Wade. Should property managers be concerned about the spread of SARS cov 2 that causes the COVID-19 virus through HVAC operations? And how is ASHRAE advising its members on this?
1: Well, thanks for having me, Suzanne. Um, and the answer, the short answer to that is yes. Um, but there's still a lot of research actually going on in terms of the concern of the SARS-CoV-2 virus. Um, there's there's a lot of investigation as to whether this is an aerosol, thinking more short range, like the social distancing stuff, versus an airborne, and that gets more into kind of a long range transmission. Um, and 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 so ASHRAE has erred on the side of caution based on the the, the amount of research that's out there and and stated that um, they're going to consider it, um, that airborne transmission is a possibility and then people should take uh, uh, precautions um, to avoid that. Um, One of the other odd unknowns that most some people do know is that the infectious dose of uh, you know what you need to breathe in to get the disease is still unknown, so it's actually very tough to, to figure track like you would do some of the other viruses that are out there, such as like a TB that only needs one spore. So the answer is yes, they need to be concerned. Um, ASHRAE, you know, is is providing guidance to its members through the, their their website, uh, the COVID-19 website um, on ASHRAE.org. Um, and they've, they've really tried to convey this by a, a couple different areas. One is um, they've got building guidance. So if you're in an epidemic mode, um, that's why it's called the Epidemic Task Force, is it's meant to be more than just for this, this current pandemic. But, um, and then they also have a, a building readiness guide, um, as well as a separate building readiness or reopening uh, for schools. Um, and so they're trying to provide the, the practical guidance as to what you should be doing with your different buildings um, and systems, HVAC systems. Uh, um, you know, during during the course of, of all this, uh, these events.
0: So, what does a property manager's team need to know when ramping up HVAC operations for occupancy upon reopening?
1: So, there's there's a couple things that they, they should be doing, um, and and there are a lot of uh, there's a lot of information, including what's in uh, your pandemic reopening guide. Uh, that is non-HVAC related, and, and, and due to how this disease is definitely known to transmit, those are extremely important, but that's not under ASHRAE's purview, um, so we'll say you're already doing those things, right? Um, but the, the next thing you really ought to be doing is evaluating your systems uh, for um are they operating as you've intended, right? So are you getting the right amount of fresh air? Are your filters in good condition? Do you have the right building pressure or space pressure that you're after? Um, Are they in good working order? And while you're doing that investigation or retro-commissioning of your systems, um, you should also be evaluating these systems or analyzing them to see what mitigation strategy would be best to uh, uh, help reduce the transmission, right? And so ASHRAE's position document on infectious aerosols goes into a a handful of different uh, mitigation strategies, right? Increased ventilation is one we hear a lot. Increasing your filtration effectiveness is one we hear a lot. Air air, disinfecting the air, air cleaning, which is uh, you're seeing like UV uh, light and and a few other things like that. but, so it becomes a matter of analyzing your building for your system, for which one is going to be the most appropriate, and what you can implement. Um, not, you know, I kind of like in the HVAC side HVAC systems to uh, the the auto industry. There are so many makes, models, you know, car, truck, you know, motorcycle options, etc. There's so many varying things that you can't say that this is the one answer for all these systems. So you really need to analyze it. And while you're doing that analyzing, um, really building your building readiness plan Um, that is what, what, you know, Documenting what kind of things that you are uh, doing uh, for your system, right? So you're, and you know, you want to also check in on your maintenance side. So you're going to check your systems, your filters, your dampers. Um, one of the key things, the HVAC uh, ASHRAE does have some guidance on, is your water. So if you left your building unoccupied for a while, you're going to need to flush your water systems and check to make sure that it's not been uh, contaminated. Um, different virus, but it, it, go, it can go down that way. Um, it sounds odd. You want to get into your BIA, building automation system or your BAS system. You want to make sure that you've got the right priority for alarms. Um, too often, filter alarms kind of get set to the maximum allowable time or highest pressure drop, and that's not realistic, and you want to make sure. Um, th- there's a lot of different things. Uh, before you actually go in the building, the building readiness guide gets into, you know, flushing the building with fresh air, checking all the sensors, checking to make sure that it works right. And then operating your building for, for at least 24 hours and, and watching it watching it work if it's truly been unoccupied during this time.
0: Along those lines, what guidance should property managers give their engineering and maintenance teams for ongoing HVAC operations and maintenance during COVID?
1: The, the biggest thing is to, If you've you've created the building readiness plan, that's what you're trying to convey with them. And that should be actually built with the engineering maintenance teams. They should be part of that building readiness and that analysis, right? They know how the building building works. Uh, At this point in time, safety is key. So you want to make sure that they're wearing the proper PPE. Um, You want to make sure sure that uh, you disinfect, you do your work, touch whatever, whatever you need to do. Uh, then you disinfect again. So if you're if you're dealing with like an electrical panel, wipe it down, do your work. When you're done and closed up, wipe it down again. Um, that way you're doubly safe. Uh, changing out filters, there's a lot of people that are saying that you can um, spray those down, hairspray or uh, uh, spray paint, just to try and get all the particles to stay in place. Um, but, you know, it is, it is really what wearing PPE per CDC and OSHA for those kind of things. Take, take precaution, right? It's easier to be safe than sorry.
0: Are Ashray members experiencing any supply chain issues right now around equipment or maintenance supplies? And are these issues preventing proper O&M in any way?
1: That's, that was, a, it's really interesting because that came up in a meeting and actually that we had today for the uh, epidemic task force for Ashray, where we were talking about uh, lead times and pricing for MERV 13. Uh, MERV 13 filters is kind of a MERV 13 or MERV 14, it's an efficiency level that that is kind of being touted as this is what you want to try and achieve if you can. Um, and uh, we're not seeing a, a longer, slightly longer lead time on those. We're starting to see some pricing um, changes in that a little bit in different areas. Um, for the UV lights, the UVC or the the UVGI um, that, you know, is proven to, to kill viruses, it's still. No one has anything tested against SARS-CoV-2 at this point, but CDC has a, if you kill these other viruses, you can say that with all probability you do as well. Um, it's not a really long lead time, but it's longer than it was in the past. I think, you know, four to six weeks is what I've, I've talked to recently. So we're not seeing anything, we're not seeing anything of the toilet paper uh, uh, variety, if you will, um, but we are seeing some things that are having slightly longer lead times. Um, but the thing with filters, is uh, because it, it does capture more, but it also has a different holding capacity. So you might not, not need to change your filters as much as you, you would with a lower efficiency filter.
0: So let's talk about air filtration. What role can air filters play in good indoor air quality? And what are the best types of filters to use during this pandemic?
1: Right, so the, 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 two, the, two, right, so the two main strategies that people are dealing with is increasing your outside air. Uh, getting it to at least achieve the ASHRAE Standard 62, which is an indoor air quality standard um, of level of outside air filtration and and, and potentially even going above that. Um, The filtration uh, helps when you're recirculating more of your air or if you have energy recovery ventilators trying to protect the exhaust air because sometimes it can be uh, cross-leaked back over. But as far as filtration goes, it's an efficiency of removing particulate, right? So MERV is actually one of the most searched words on the ASHRAE website uh, for the last bit, is you know minimum efficiency reporting value. And when you hear MERV, think of efficiency. And the higher the MERV, the more efficient. Um, There's a whole lot of information in ASHRAE Standard uh, 52.2 on that. Um, But what the uh, the the MERV rating that people are tar- targeting or the guidance is targeting is uh, 13 or 14. And that's that's non-healthcare applications. That, you know, in healthcare applications where you're you are more known to have, where you're gonna have COVID-19 uh, patients is a uh, helper filtration, um, which is a much higher level. Um, but it, once again, it comes into that, you're, you're trying to group in your mitigation strategies. So if you have a UV that does a one path kill of the air, that kills so much of the uh, virus. You may not need a MERV 13 or 14 filter to still get the same overall effectiveness of the system. Um, And so you could probably have a MERV 8 filter with UVGI, and that would be the same as having potentially a MERV 14 filter in your system. And so that's where that analysis comes into play, is your filtration, if you can get to MERV 13 or 14, and they're available in one-inch filters. I actually have MERV 13s for my house uh, right now. is, is a it's a combination. So getting to that level is great. If you can't, that's not the end of the world.
0: Wade, what else can managers do to promote good indoor air quality and HVAC operations to mitigate the transmission of the virus and to send the message to tenants that you're prioritizing their health and wellness?
1: Step one, again, is just mentioning you know, using your, your guidance that you have, you know, disinfection, social distancing measures, and those kind of things have to be in place, right? Um, but as... as Building owners, building operators, you're trying to convey that that belief that this is a safe and, and sound environment for people to, to enter back in. Um, one of the things that the guidance is saying is you can tell your people, you can tell the, the occupants, is uh, to do a pre and a post occupancy flush of your building. The goal is to flush it through with outside air um, and achieving three air changes per uh, three air changes of that outside air through through the building. Um, when you do that, you remove about 95% contaminant uh, um, from the space. So you're you're, you're just as a, you know you're being very effective, but you are you're, you're pre-flushing it, so there's less stuff that could have been there. You're post-flushing it, so you're taking care of it. Um, the air cleaning devices that we've mentioned, such as uh, you know UV. Um, There is a great uh, filtration and disinfection guide on ASHRAE's website that gets into a lot of the air cleaning uh, strategies. Uh, UV, uh, it's a 405, uh, it's called near UV, but it's 405 wavelength. Um, There's a lot of other types of things that you can get into um, that. can help you actually disinfect the air. One of the other things is to make sure you're disabling demand-controlled ventilation. You want to try and increase that. The Demand-controlled ventilation would actually reduce the amount of outside air. Um, one of the other things that can be done is you know you can take air sampling. So you can go in and there's a lot of IAQ companies where you can go in and take uh, surface surface you know surface swabs and and uh, uh, take air uh, you know, actually open a vacuum seal and grab air from it and then put it past analyze to see what's in your system, to see what's in the air stream of your building. And you could do that once a week or however you needed to 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 give that confidence to the occupant. But you wanna try and convey what you're doing to them.
0: And what additional expenses can property managers expect around HVAC operations during this time?
1: This is, the, this is the interesting dynamic, right? So most buildings uh, over the years have tried to become more and more energy efficient, right? You, you operate more optimized. And when you look at most buildings, you are, you're, you're operating your building um, for that, right? You're sheltering people. But the building, the building system is for people. So if you look at a laboratory, safety is first, then energy, right? So in this case, you're, we're almost taking a lot of buildings and trying to say, "Hey, let's operate it in safety mode, and then worry about the energy later." Um, and I think, I think that additional expense that operators would see is you might be using more outside air, um, you might be using some more fan power because of the increased filtration, you might have a little more consumables, um, and and. Potentially, just because of how much more they're checking and and, and checking in on, is that their their maintenance costs may go up just slightly. In, in reality, during that initial analysis, the building readiness analysis, um, they should be making. There there would be some maintenance costs, some deferred maintenance that they have to correct to make sure their systems are good. Um, so, so there is a potential for that that type of increase during this time frame.
0: Lastly, Wade, what opportunities are there for greater energy efficiency during this pandemic?
1: And and this this gets back into the the safety of the building versus uh, energy benefit, and there's a whole analysis that you kind of have to undertake uh, to look at that. Um, And it also, a lot of this depends on your system, your location, right? So uh, I'm in Orlando, hot and humid currently. You could be in Hawaii which was, is a much more moderate climate right now, where you could really increase your ventilation without a lot of penalty, uh, you know. Or you could be in a place where you're trying to achieve that 40 to 60% RH where you've got to run a, a dehumidifier um, kind of uh, situation. So um, once you've figured out your system, there's there's some other things you can do. Uh, one of is think about running your building at warmer temperatures if you're in a hot and humid climate. Um, it would save energy from a standpoint, and this virus—not not that you're operating in a range—but there's some studies that are starting to show that it does not like the warmer temperatures. They're way above what I'm thinking, but most buildings are kept 72, 74. Maybe you operate it at 75 to 78 through the summertime. You've got to potentially half a lot less occupants. Um, make sure people are a little more casual, um, but you could do that to, to save on energy. Um, but it really comes down to your system and and the safety level uh, that, that you think you can provide as efficiently as you can provide it. Um, you know, one of the odd things is through that retro commissioning, through that analysis, is you might find that you have your systems were inefficient to begin with. So you might be able to get it while getting your system, you know, making sure that it's operating properly, you might actually... Uh, uh, capture or create energy savings that be offset during the COVID time for the additional penalty. But after this pandemic is over and get back to normal, you'd actually then recoup and start seeing those savings. But um, it's a safety benefit analysis that each owner needs to do um, to be able to see if they can become more energy-efficient during this time period.
0: Thank you so much, Wade, for all of this information. And I understand the Epidemic Task Force at ASHRAE is open to answering any additional questions via email at COVID-19 at ashrae, that's A-S-H-R-A-E dot org. Please continue to visit iROm.org where you'll find our page dedicated to providing updates and resources to support real estate managers in making informed decisions during this time. That's I-R-E-M dot O-R-G.